All right, good morning church. This is Pastor Ryan this morning. I was fixing to dance. Hey, good morning. We had uh, some technical difficulties. Lauren's phone wouldn't stop going off, and so we had to delay the entire service for thousands of people. No, I'm joking. It wasn't Lauren's phone. So, hey, uh, I'm so glad you're with us this morning. Um, we're not going to have our comedy routine as we've done the last couple of weeks uh, because, you know, a special is only special if you do it every now and again. But uh, we have some different things in store for you this morning. Uh, looking forward to a time of worship. Uh, I, I don't know if you're getting used to this new normal. Uh, I, I guess I kind of am. The, the biggest thing I miss besides fellowship with you is, Karen, I need you to get, be able to cut my hair again. So it's getting a little long. But, hey, we are, we are going to make it through. And uh, looking forward to uh, beginning this, this, uh, this time of Holy Week together as we enter into this special week and looking forward to the resurrection celebration next Sunday. Uh, but before I give you some announcements and we begin our worship service, I want you to watch this video uh, that's going to come at you right now. Sometimes people ask why. Why do we do this? When we came up here, I didn't feel capable. Because I was scared. Why do we take our families away from places that are familiar? and move to places that are far off. My wife was nine months pregnant, and we did not know one person who lived in the city. Why do we come to where there's nothing so we can try and start something? The Lord really just, He broke my heart for this city before I stepped off the plane. Why do we stress and strain and struggle and sweat just to make life better for someone else? There's so many people that are broken, that are lost. And it's heartbreaking. Yes, sometimes people ask why. And when they do, we tell them. There's places where the truth hasn't yet reached. We need to share the gospel and reach out our community. We tell them there's a God who loves them so much, he sent us. God spoke to us, broke our hearts for the city, and God's call trumps all. And we tell them there are people who love them so much. They give so that we can go. When people give uh, to missions, things happen. New believers are getting baptized. New churches are started. So when people ask why, that's what we tell them. We tell them it's the gospel. It's all about the gospel. So that video you just saw uh, is a promotion for our Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Uh, the Annie Armstrong Easter offering is, is, a, is an offering that goes directly to support the North American Mission Board. We have two major functions that the Southern Baptist Convention does. There's, there's actually five, but the two primary where the majority of the money that we share, that it goes to do two things. Spreading the gospel and in, 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 uh, into unreached places around the globe, but also planting churches and taking gospels to places in North America, including our own country. Do you understand that there's actually areas of the United States where other countries are sending missionaries because there's such lostness and people are not reached? Uh, in Texas, 45% of the population of Texas today 
whenever they're surveyed and asked what's their religious affiliation, they say none. It doesn't mean that 55% of them are Bible-believing, Christ-following Christians. That's all the other face under the sun in that as well. And so we always take this offering around Easter time, uh, and typically, you know, we'll have a a time of giving throughout um, this, this month, but with things that are in such flux and change, we've had our crisis fund people are giving to, we've been tithing. Uh, but next uh, Friday, we're going to have a drive-in movie, and we're going to show the movie together, The Passion of Christ. And we're going to have a special offering at that showing of that movie, spe- specifically for the Annie Armstrong uh, Easter offering. And so, uh, you know, typically we'll set a goal uh, for how much money we want to raise to give to support this work. Uh, but this year, I- I'm just asking you to be generous. Uh, some folks are going to drop a couple dollars uh, in the donation, and we'll go around the vehicle. Some of you might, you know, God has placed it in your heart to be uh, generous with a bunch more. But I want you all to be generous in your heart. It doesn't matter the amount. But, but just prayerfully consider uh, doing that because uh, a lot of these churches that are, or that are planted right now are really going to be suffering. There's many churches that are established that won't make it, and sure, I'm sure there's even more church plants that aren't going to make it. And so these monies go to support that work, and especially those families that have gone and moved to these places uh, to, to start churches and to share the gospel. Uh, just watching that video reminded Rachel and I, uh, whenever we uh, picked up our roots and went to seminary, not knowing what that journey was going to look like. Uh, and I, I, it was a scary time, but I, I'm thankful uh, for the help we received as we made those steps. So please pray about participating with that, uh, with, with, in that offering with us this coming Friday. I want to give you some other quick announcements, and then we'll begin uh, our worship time. Uh, but uh, j- just, just five things in particular I just want you to know about. Uh, the Mason Food Bank, as we told you last week, is open every other uh, Monday right now. The next time it will be open uh, will be on April the 13th. I would like to, a lot of you brought a whole bunch of pinto beans, and we are grateful for that. I would also like to ask you, uh, if you have any macaroni and cheese stockpiled in your house, probably every house that has kids right now is out of mac and cheese. I get that. So, but if you come across some or have some, uh, you could bring it by the fellowship hall. I know they could use some macaroni and cheese. Uh, and, and so that, that's coming up also uh, as we're serving at the food bank. We, we're doing it differently. We're setting up canopies and tents for in case of the weather. We're taking the food outside and handing it to people as they come by in vehicles. Uh, uh, Jeff Gass and his family helped set up the canopies this past week and cones to help coordinate that. Uh, if you would like to help to, to coordinate and be a part of that, just setting things up, breaking it down, uh, just let me know, ryan at fbmason.org, or you can call me. Also, I just want you to be aware and be in prayer. Uh, Premier Iglesia Baptista uh, is uh, live right now as they're worshiping. Uh, really excited about that. We, we had a couple of hundred viewers last week in that worship service. So if there's people that uh, are going to get more out of a worship service online uh, in Spanish, uh, then, man, just point them to that, please. If you would just share that, First, uh, First Baptist family, go online and find Premier Iglesia Baptista of Mason or De Mason and, and share that. Uh, small groups. Uh, most of them were on Zoom this morning. I think our, our, our last Zoom uh, or live connection that's not on Zoom, they're going to jump in next week. Looking forward to that. 
And then like I mentioned earlier, the two special things we're doing this coming week, it's going to be a good week, it's going to be fun, uh, is the Good Friday drive-in movie on uh, April the 10th, it's coming Friday at 8 p.m. Back behind the fellowship hall, it's going to be cleaned up. Uh, I ask you to arrive early so you can be parked. We'll have um, a trailer with with, uh, the big screen on it. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll start that promptly at 8 o'clock because Mason has a 10 p.m. sound curfew. And uh, so we are kind of rowdy up here, but we want to honor people that are in their homes uh, to not be loud past that time. I want to encourage families to come. You're going to stay in your own vehicle, sit in the back of a pickup. Uh, we can sit in the grass and lawn chairs, but we have to social distance. Parents, you're going to have to keep your kids in tight. Fellowship hall will be open uh, to use the restroom if you need that. Uh, and, and maybe just bring a picnic, bring some food. But if you would like to purchase a meal, we want to support uh, some of these businesses in Mason that are suffering, some of our local restaurants. And so I've asked Rico's Cafe if they would provide us a, a, a menu of things that can be ordered. And uh, that, is, uh, well, that was emailed out yesterday, what that menu is. It's on our Facebook page. But basically, you can get a cheeseburger, hamburger, I think corn dog, and then some flautas. Uh, pre-order that. Let me know by 3 p.m. on Friday. Uh, just call or email and let me know that order, and we'll have that picked up and brought back, and you can just pay the church. Uh, I'll tell you how much you owe, and then we'll go pay uh, Rico's. And we're grateful for, for them. And uh, we'll also have some soft drinks selling for like 50 cents. Uh, again, you can bring your own, but if we make any profit off that, we're going to put that all towards the crisis fund. So that, that is the plan for Good Friday. And then Easter Easter morning, uh, sunrise, the, the, when we have a sunrise celebration, some of us will be up here at sunrise preparing uh, for the live service, but we're going to be live worship in the parking lot. And so I do want to encourage you to arrive early for that, but we're going to shut down uh, College Avenue right here in front of the church, uh, and we'll be parking people on either side. Thank you for those that came yesterday in the rain to help us do some preparation and pulling out a stump and cleaning up some debris. All that got done yesterday, and I'm grateful for that help. Uh, but we are going to invite as many people as we can. Somebody messaged, messaged us last night and asked if they can not come up Saturday and go and set up their vehicle. I think what I want to do is ask everybody, uh, you can begin to arrive as early as 9.30 to get your place. We're going to start worship at 10 a.m., okay? So normally it's at 11, but we're going to go live on Facebook and start it live in the parking lot at 10 a.m., a little bit earlier than normal. Uh, and so uh, don't come up and park on Saturday night. Uh, show up early so we can get you parked in the appropriate place. Clyde Martin is going to help with that. Um, uh, some of our local deputies are going to come and help as well just to control traffic. But we'll have plenty of volunteers to get that done. Uh, but it's going to be a great time to share. We can park on the road. We'll park as far back as we can park. Uh, in order for everyone to see the service. Senior adults, I encourage you, if you can be safe and come out, uh, come on out as well. We want everyone to come. So those are the the primary announcements. It's going to be a fun week. Watch Facebook, watch your email, and you'll see some other announcements coming out. So so with all that being said, and I just said a lot, we're going to turn it over to Pastor John, and he will lead us in worship. So let's, let's pray before we, uh, before we worship together. Father, I just thank you that we can come and we can worship you. Uh, Lord, we may not be physically together, but Lord, uh, spiritually you bind us together. And Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would be 
fill in our homes, our places of work, wherever we're at right now. And Lord, that we would, uh, we would know that you are close to us. And Lord, that you are the God that gives us hope. And so Jesus, I pray that in this moment as we worship you, that hope would rise and faith would fill our hearts. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind away? It was my turn Till I met you I was breathing but not Alive. All my failures I try to hide. It was my tomb till I met you. You called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day, you call my name, and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. Your mercy has saved my soul. Now your freedom is all that I know. The old made you, Jesus, when I met you, you called my name and I ran out of that sin was heavy the chains break at the weight of your glory I needed shelter I wasn't often now you call me a citizen of heaven when I was broken you were my healing now your love is the air that I'm breathing I have a future my eyes are open cause when you call my name Call my name, and I ran 
Hey, as we get uh, used to the new normal here of being in a virtual worship service, uh, we're going to do something uh, every week. Uh, I'm going to invite uh, one of our deacons just to come and, and, uh, and lead us in prayer and, and uh, talk about other things on his heart. I'm going to go ahead and ask uh, Dennis Cano to come up. Dennis isn't officially, you know, been, been made a Baptist deacon, but he's a deacon. He's a servant of the, of the Most High God. And, uh, we were in the process of bringing that process uh, to, to completion and ordination, and we'll bring that and we can gather back together. But also, uh, I just want to praise God for Dennis. This past week, he was recognized as uh, the Brownwood Area FCA Huddle Leader of the Year. He's a teacher and a coach, uh, but he's also on a mission field at uh, Mason ISD. And I'm very grateful for my brother. I want to give him a big hug right now, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, but Dennis, uh, kind of, yeah, air hug, uh, kind of share with us uh, about giving and then lead us in Well, good morning, family. Um, let me move over here. Uh, on your screens, you're probably going to see different ways to, to give. So uh, I would ask that, that you would take advantage of these. Uh, again, the church is open during the week. If you just want to drop off your check or mail it, uh, usually that's what we do. But uh, different ways to, to give your tithes and offering. So, uh, family, if you'll join me now, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for a time of worship. Lord, I just pray that you continue to be with Pastor John and our worship team, Lord, as they lead our worship. Lord, and I just pray that you be with uh, Pastor Ryan as, as he brings the message that you put on his heart this morning. Lord, and we're so thankful for, for all of our members that are, that are out there watching, Lord, and, and folks that, that may not come to church here, Father, that will hear the gospel proclaimed. Lord, we just thank you for, for the tithes and offerings that, that we'll receive, Father. We pray that, that you would use them to, to further your kingdom, Lord, and bless others, Lord, as you have blessed us. Lord, we love you, and we give you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come thou fount of every blessing To my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy Never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise thy mountain, fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of Lord, my 
his name for the stone was rolled away mountains down down before Jesus Christ our risen Lord Jesus Christ our risen Lord
that's it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Uh, you can be seated if you're standing. Um, and here is uh, Pastor Ryan. I'm used to seeing on the screen offertory song. And I know that after that offertory song, I'm up there. So, But I'm, I'm ready uh, indeed. Uh, thank you, John. Thank you, praise team. Uh, thank you, Dave and, and Justin. I don't know what all Justin's having to do right now, but he's all over the place uh, serving well. Uh, I, again, I want to just say welcome, church. This is the First Baptist Church of Mason. If you just stumbled across us, um, but uh, my name is Ryan Buck, and I'm the pastor. And on this Palm Sunday, it is an honor uh, to be uh, sharing God's Word with you this morning. Uh, we're going to go into the book of Philippians again. And though it is Palm Sunday in a traditional setting where we weren't dealing with a pandemic, as they're calling this, uh, we would probably be specifically looking at um, Palm Sunday. We'll be specifically looking at the Passover feast and, and what it meant for Christ to come uh, in, into our life to be our Passover as it, as it, as it uh, affected so many people that day in Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago just with, with their families out gathering uh, the, the Passover lamb for the tradition that had been happening for hundreds of years remembering how God provided for Israel and how God made a way for them to be freed from the bondage they were in and, and how God passed over their homes as a curse came upon Egypt. Uh, and they were saved from that place. They were saved from that curse if they followed in obedience to the commands of God. Uh, and whenever Jesus came into town that day, they celebrated Him coming in, not really understanding all what it meant, but He was the Passover Lamb coming to die for the sins of his people to free them. And so as we come into to Holy Week and we look forward to, to Easter and celebration uh, of, of, of that day, we also are reminded of the, the resurrection and of the freedom that we have in Christ ourselves. And, I, you know, we, we're promised resurrection in Christ. It's the part of the gospel from the dead. Someday we will rise again. O death will have no sting over us. But it's not just a resurrection from the dead, just a time of conquering death when we physically die, whether it's the coronavirus or something else, but it's also having a resurrection in our lives that we live today. And, and, and that particularly has to do, especially if you look in, in Romans, in Romans chapter 12, we look at the outcome of salvation, what it means, but it means that, that we have something that happens in us whenever we, the Holy Spirit of God takes up residence in us. And as we walk in obedience and following Him, we literally are transformed and, and we are told to allow the work of Christ and His Word to transform us in, in how we think and how we view this world. And so that is why we are going to stick in the book of Philippians chapter 4 today. We're going to just look particularly at, at verses 4 through 9. I won't read the entire text uh, you know, just the introductory part of that, there was a conflict happening uh, in, in, this, in this place in Philippi where, Jesus, where, where Paul had planted a church. And most of the residents that were there, they, were, uh, they had been a part of the, the Roman military infrastructure. And so 
Paul uses language that would help them recognize what he is calling them to do, what God is calling them to do whenever crisis is coming up and there's internal conflict and strife that's happening. But he tells them to stand firm and he addresses some of this conflict. But then let's look on down to verse 4 whenever he gets really particular about what they are to do. Uh, we'll re- let's read that together right now, will you? So Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 all the way down to 9. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, if you tuned in last week, uh, you heard me point out that whenever we see the repetition here, especially with the issue of peace, I mean, Paul is saying that is something that's missing in this church. Paul is saying that's something that's missing in the situation that he's trying to address with these folks. And, 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 you know, I kind of gave a different definition of what peace was last week. And I want to kind of do that again. Because we're in a circumstance that that as we look at what these verses address, I, I bet you every single one of us somehow can identify in these verses in the middle of this storm that we're in. I mean, literally, it's a storm. It's turning everything upside down. But, but here, here, here is, here is j- just the main point, okay? Peace is God having his way in your life without resistance. That, that's peace in you. Peace is allowing God to have his way without your resistance, you understand what I'm saying there in, in, in your mind? Because here's the truth. God will have his way with or without you. The, 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 the creation, the universe, the cosmos are not waiting on us to respond to God properly. God is sovereign. God reigns over his creation. And he will have his way. But God loves us. And, and learning to trust him through obtaining, as, as it talks about earlier in the book of Philippians, the mind of Christ is the only thing that will calm the storm that we're in. So peace is, is allowing God to have his way in us without us resisting that and with, without resisting what he is doing. So let, let, let's look at the text together. First, we're going to just look at verse 4 through 7. This, this the, verses. Uh, uh, four all the way down to nine is basically broken up in two types of sections is the way it is written by Paul. The, the first part of it is we're going to look at is what are we to do whenever the circumstances change? Uh, how are we to respond? And then the second part and just the, the, those other two verses in eight and nine is what are we to do always whether or not it's a storm or not? Uh, I'm going to kind of use an analogy this morning uh, that has to do with what's been going on with my family. We've, we've, I had a pontoon boat. I got a boat partner, and we were loving this boat until it broke down this past week. Uh, but uh, we've been on the boat a lot. And whenever I get on the boat uh, and my kids come with me, uh, they all have to wear a life jacket. Now, Wyatt uh, is going to have a birthday in about a month, and he won't have to wear his life jacket anymore according to the law. Uh, and so I'm sure he's looking forward to that. 
But, you know, we, we put on life jackets to save us in case there's a catastrophe, in case we come out of the boat when we're not supposed to. And, and whenever we think about the storms and the crises that we're going through, Paul is pointing us here to this issue of peace, uh, you know, residing in him. And he uses some beautiful language we're, we're going to get into, but j- just think about the life jacket in your life is, 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 is Christ, and, and, and being in Christ is putting on that peace whenever storms come, whenever anxiety comes, when worry comes. We have to put this on because if we don't put it on, we will sink in a quick way. At least I know that I will. I know that about myself. Um, but let, let's look at the text together. So let's go back. We're going to just take this bit by bit. First, Paul says, Rejoice in, in the, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. That's the first part of the life jacket is, is rejoicing. It is praise. And, and, and why should we praise God in the middle of a crisis? This is something that does not make sense to other people that don't know who God is, that don't have a relationship with him and understand his nature and his sovereignty and his power and his great love for his people. There is never a situation that is outside of God's control. And I don't understand all of the issues of sin that ravage things so often. And we see this. We see people that are dying. Uh, that, 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 you know, we've, we've heard of children that have passed away. We've heard of you know, a beloved principal in Waco passed away. And the, the list goes on and on. We don't understand it. But I just want you to know there is nothing outside of God's power. And and God, there's never hopelessness. God can work through any circumstance for his own purposes. And if we have that perspective and we understand God's nature, especially if we're we're following him in this broken world, we understand that, that we have been saved and redeemed, there's not a single thing that should keep us from praising God. You know, I mean, and just, just, just think about what that really means. I mean, I believe that Christians should be the most optimistic people on the face of the earth. Uh, now, even in the middle of, of difficult circumstances. But really, do you, do you know how to rejoice? Do you know how to do that? This morning, as we were singing these songs of praise, uh, were, you, were you jumping up and, you know, and standing in your living room, lifting hands up high? I know who you are because I turn around and see who else is lifting their hands up with me. Were you doing that in your living room today when nobody else could watch? I, I don't know. I know whenever I watch the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and it's few and far between these days, but whenever they make a big play, if, even if I'm all by myself, I'm going to be pumped about it. Do we celebrate God, even whenever the circumstances don't call for celebration, knowing that he is in control? Will we rejoice always? This is a great prescriptive truth for us not just describing you know what it might look like but God has given us the medicine here so rejoice rejoice always it says twice we should pay attention to that important point Uh, and then he says and let your graciousness be known to everyone the Lord is near now I pointed out something last week 
uh, as, as far as uh, trying to understand exactly what this word means, your graciousness. You might have a different translation you're using this morning. There's different words that are used here because in the Greek, it's kind of hard to really capture the meaning here. And I think the best way to understand it is that when we go through these storms, as we put on his peace, as we pursue him, we're rejoicing and we're praising and we're putting on selflessness. We're putting on selflessness. We are resisting the urge to just be self-absorbed and just run for the hills and do whatever's best for me no matter what. But we understand in the relationship we have with God that we, are, we know that we don't come into that relationship in, self, in selfishness. We come into it understanding that we have been judged by God and we have been found wanting Christians are people that have met a holy God and understand they can't meet his standard, understand that their sin has has blown any chance they have of entering into a relationship on their own that will bring out any good of themselves and say, God, I need you to do it for me. I know I'm completely incapable. It's complete selflessness. And so whenever we face circumstances, whenever we come against the storm, we have to put that on. Now, he uses some terminology here to kind of explain why. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. He just, it's, it's actually, a, it's actually it's on its own sentence. The Lord is near. Now, some will say that Paul has some eschatological or end times ideas that the return of Christ is coming soon, and that might be it. But I also like the thought here is that God is close to us, and, and, and we need accountability, Okay. What happens if humans are just left unrestrained without any type of accountability in their life? Right now, me and Rachel are both working quite a bit, and the kids are home, and I either my kids are just super geniuses or the school's not giving them all quite enough work, okay? Because they're not having to spend hours doing their work, and I just got a frown from some of my kids that are paying attention here. But, uh, but you ought to see my house right now, okay? My house is not... You know, we're not going to be able to be in better homes and garden hardly any day of the week unless we have a lot of preparation, okay? It's kind of cluttered. We're busy, got four kids. But right now, sometimes it's a disaster. Why? Because mom and dad are not there all the time right on top of them. You know, if mom and dad's not near, I know I'm supposed to be doing the laundry, but I might just go sit in the laundry and watch TV. That's what Ethan does. Uh, But it's okay. It's a comfy chair, right? But guys, we need accountability. And if we have the perspective and understand the reality of who God is, the understanding that he is close by us, and, and through, even through the most difficult of storms, we understand he's close by. And we, 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 we respond in kind by, by not being self-absorbed. And the other thing I just, I just want to warn you about, okay, um, is that whenever we live with out accountability whenever even if, if we we just check out in our minds away from God or we literally withdraw and pull ourselves away from other believers the further into sin we go the less effect any type of accountability will have on us I mean salvation comes whenever we stop and confess and turn and come back to that accountability and we have got to understand in crisis it's not a time to just allow our vices and our flesh to run wild. If you want to feel the security and the safety and the almighty presence of God in this time, you need to draw close to him. Reach out to brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't, don't run to those vices, but draw near to him. Because here's something else that I know. 
Um, whenever real storms come, it reveals our true nature and really what is in us. And right now as we're going through this together, um, maybe you're seeing some things in you that God is trying to highlight that he wants to draw out of you to make you men or women he's called you to be. And so uh, the, 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 the third point in this, in this major section on what to do when the circumstances change. So we've mentioned that we should rejoice always. We should respond in complete selflessness and through that work of accountability. But the, the third is really, really important. He says, don't worry about anything but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. And then he qualifies and, and says what will happen in, in doing that. But, but here's something else that I think is really important. I mean, it says, it, it, I don't even want to talk about the worry part. It, I, I really want to assume, okay? If you're a Christian, don't think that just because you're a Christian that you're never going to have worry, okay? Now, worry should not consume you, but I, I promise you, Jesus knows your frailty. That's why he came in the flesh. It's pre- I'm going to presume whenever storms come, we're going to worry. How do I know that? Yesterday, I heard a report that turned out not to be as bad as I thought, than is what we originally thought it was. I heard a report that there was a confirmed case of coronavirus in Mason, Texas. What it, it turned out, it said that there is a confirmed case of a re- Mason resident that it has a business in Houston. I don't know who it is and that they have not been here since the early part of February. But I didn't get all that information early. I just heard it was here. And so immediately, I'm not worried about myself. I'm not concerned about that. Um, I'm not even really worried about my wife because, I mean, I I love her. And I know know her her and I are going to, we can weather this together. Okay, that didn't come out the way I wanted it to, Rachel. But, man, my kids, I'm worried about my kids. Her and I, we're in the same boat. We're talking about what we're going to do. Worry and anxiety is going to visit us, period, especially in the middle of a storm. In fact, if we don't have any worry and anxiety, one of two things has happened. We're in la-la land and never really experienced the reality of this broken world, or we have something psychologically wrong with us. We're a sociopath, okay? But what is the response? Because here is where the enemy, Satan, and this broken world, here's what they want to do in the middle of these storms. And I think Paul is getting at this here, but, you know, the enemy wants worry to come into our minds and to, to tell us that imminent harm is going to come. It doesn't matter what we can do. Uh, it, it's just right around the corner and it's going to get us. And, and we just become consumed by that. Uh, you know, the, the enemy wants us to be scared that there is no way out. The enemy wants us to, to, to just forget about the presence and power of God and to think there's no way that any of these circumstances can be under his control. We want to toss our faith off to the side. That's what happens whenever we allow worry and anxiety to have its way. But we are compelled. Paul has already said it once and reiterating it again. We need to stand our ground and pray. Whenever worry comes, what do we do? I'm, I'm just, and I am so thankful that right before all this mess happened, uh, Rachel had to, had to have some uh, medical tests. wasn't a big deal, but we had to like spend a ton of money uh, medically. And, and I told her, I said, you know what? We're going to turn off the TV because we can save us 1200 bucks a year real easily. And so we shut it off. And like a couple days when, whenever this really hit home, the TV cut off. I'm so grateful that that happened. But what are some of you doing whenever worry starts to pop in? What's the first thing you're doing? 
Are, are you getting on that, on that phone and are you checking uh, the news and, and trying to see, see how many viruses are getting close to Mason? Are you, are you putting on Fox News? Are you watching these, these, uh, these presidential briefings? I'm not saying you shouldn't be informed, but for some of us, it's becoming unhealthy. Guys, whenever worry begins to crowd our mind, instead of just trying to gather all the information we can get in order to know how to be safe, we should be dropping on our knees and praying. Going to the, to the source of the power that's over all this creation. Instead of just being distracted about what's happening in the creation, how about the one that is sovereign over it? We are compelled here in Scripture to, to be anxious for nothing but pray. And, then, and not just pray, but pray with thanksgiving. Make these petitions be known and, 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 and request God. And it says whenever we turn to him, we rejoice. Whenever we let our, the selflessness that is only given to us in Christ and we stop and pray, it says, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. You won't understand the capacity you have to trust. It says here, it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Guys, we need that now, don't we? We need that now more than ever. Because this world is crying out because they're scared. And, and, but, but, but we cannot participate in that cycle. I'm not saying let's pack out this church next Sunday inside with 400 people. Let's crowd up and we're not afraid of this coronavirus. No, we're going to practice stewardship. That's dumb. I think That's my opinion. I think people that are doing that, they're not being wise with, 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 and they're disobeying Scripture too. But, but guys, we have to understand we need his peace. We need his presence. And we will be obedient to do that if we follow these prescriptive truths. The last point that I have, and I'm, I'm nearly done, in verse 8 and verse 9, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, remember what this text is. This last part, the first part is the life jacket you put on when the storms come. The next part of the text here is, what should, what, what should our, our thought life be like always, no matter if the storms are rocky or not? Verse 8 and 9, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellent, if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Now, I, I think that word dwell is really important here. It's really important. Uh, so, you know, it's where we get this word dwelling from. You know, dwelling is the place where we live. Okay, uh, you know, if I live on 412 Moody. That's where my home resides. But where do you live in, in the thought pattern of your mind? Are you living in the reality of the things of God? Because I want you to know, if you are focused on living, not, not of this world, but living in this world for the purpose of the king that is over this world, and you have a guarantee of being there with him always, no matter what happens to you, but if you have that mindset and you dwell on his scripture, if you, that's where you live. There's no way that this storm can touch you. It's a, it's a place where you should always go, whatever is true. Have you found anything in God's word that has never been found to be true? Is God's word false? And if you think you figured it out, I want to know about it because I've searched it and I'm digging into it. But I've never found God to, to, to not be trustworthy and true. Whatever is honorable, is he worthy of, of trusting? Is God reliable? Uh, whatever is just, is God unfair? 
And some people will think, yes, God is unfair. If you're somebody that says that what's happening here is unfair, I want to ask you a question. If God is a, is a just and holy God over all creation, and he's sovereign, he created this entire universe just with the words of his mouth. If that is who God is and he is perfectly just, how come you still have breath in your lungs? Because I know good and well that every single one of us are sinners and have offended a holy God. But he has given us his common grace to allow us to live here on his creation that he might give us an opportunity to know him in an intimate and person, personal way. I can find no reason that God is unjust. Though I don't understand everything that happens in this broken world, I know he is in it and he wants to pull us out of it to live for him. Anything that is pure, is he corrupted? No. Everything that is lovely, is there anything more awesome than the power of God and the beauty of his scripture and what he has done to sacrifice for us so we can know him? I cannot think of anything, if there's anything commendable, excellent, or praiseworthy. God's word says that we should dwell on these things. It says dwell on these things. Do what you have learned, received, and heard from me and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. Beloved, that just means church family, that I love you so much. I, I, I just want you to understand in this time. I know for many of us, it's bringing out things in us and fears in us um, that we have never really faced or have never really dealt with. I just want you to know, don't try to just shove them down or do something unhealthy with them. But ask God to work in the middle of these struggles. I want you to, to ask God to please, and he's given you the prescription here on how you can follow him, how you can turn to him in the middle of this storm. But begin to follow him on a, in a consistent way in your life. Begin to follow him in a consistent way. Begin to live in this, not just in temporary times, not just in temporary settings, Here's what I know about God and his peace. God is eternal. God is unchangeable. We cannot live in a place and really understand the full ramification of God's love for us and the full ramification of the peace that he wants to give us if we only come to God if you do this for me, God. God, if you will please just let there be some hand sanitizer and toilet paper on the shelf the next time I go, I will trust you. Okay, I'm, I'm being facetious here, but I think some of you know what I'm talking about. God, if you will save this situation, I'll follow you. Or, or uh, only coming to God when trouble comes. So many people are coming back right now to this, tuning into this. And I praise God for that. But see, God is eternal. He's not just, in, he doesn't just live in the temporary. We're the ones that are temporary, Okay. Our lives are temporary. Scripture describes our life as just a vapor that's here in the morning and it's gone by the evening. God wants you to be faithful to him as he is so faithful to you. So whenever we are seeing these things coming up that are bringing out the worst in us, bringing out the fright in us, just stop for a moment and imagine that God is eternal. God is in control and God's got a plan. But you've got to turn to him. God, I think, reveals to us in his word that this is peace. Peace is, is, is God having his way in your life 
without resistance. These prescriptions that we see in Philippians chapter 4, that this is good prescriptive medicine to stop resisting his presence and resisting the power that he has given us. J- just, just turn to him because he is going to have his way no matter what. But we have to learn to trust him through obtaining the mind of Christ. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for providing solutions. Father God, thank you for providing a way of an escape for us. Father, your scripture tells us, God, when temptation comes, Father, temptation to sin, Father, you will always provide a way out. Father, if we will listen, if we will obey. Father, your word tells us, Lord, that the, the, one of the reasons that we're celebrating Palm Sunday is because you came to give a way of escape. Father, I pray this morning that there are people that are watching or maybe even individuals that are in this very room this morning are living in fear, they're paralyzed by it, and they don't believe that they have a way out. God, show them that you are the way. Your word tells us that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to you, the Father, except through Jesus. Father, I pray, God, that people don't have a relationship with you. Lord, that you would give them that relationship freely this morning. Father, but for those of us, Lord, that have that relationship, Father, maybe, Lord, we have been pulling back from accountability or over the last three or four weeks. Maybe we've pulled back from accountability over the last 30 or 40 years. And God, we have gone far away into sin. But God, you're drawing us back into that relationship to the God that never changes. God, thank you for grace. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. It doesn't matter how far we've moved. You're always here. Father, I just ask, God, as we, Lord, go into this week, Father, Lord, let us take the full dose of your word this morning and apply it to our lives. But for those that do not have that relationship, God, I want to offer them, if you will allow me, Father, Lord, just through prayer, an opportunity for them to respond. This morning, wherever you are in your living room, um, maybe you're out outside in the country, maybe you're sitting in your vehicle, maybe you're driving. I hope you're not doing that. Pull over. But if wherever you are and, and you know that you need a relationship with God, I just want to ask you, just not, don't mimic my words perfectly. That's not what does it. But in your heart, ask him these things. As I pray, you can pray with me. And if you mean them in your heart, the scripture says that if we, um, believe in our, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we uh, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. An external expression of an internal reality. If you believe these things, God's word says he'll save you. And you've got to learn to follow him. But pray with me. Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I am desperately lost in the storm of life. I know that the sin that I indulge in is putting me further from you. Come and rescue me. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me, to make the way for me to live for you. I want to turn from my sin. I want to live for you. I give you my heart. I want to give you everything. Father, for those of us that know you, God, I just pray, Father, you'd give us peace. We know that peace is only found in Christ. We pray this in your name. If you prayed that prayer, you need help. You need direction, 
Send us a message on Facebook. You can call the church, email the church. I've told you how to do that before. But don't go back into the storm without having on this preserver, without living in Christ, in his peace. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of sinners while slain so Cherish the old 